Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. But if you think that this is the only deal you ever do, then you probably won't feel that way. And that's natural. But if you think that this is first of many, then you'll be generous and partner with people and you'll grow faster and you'll learn more and you'll find great people to work with. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best of Your Listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Ng Tang. Ng, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Theo. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation and diving into your background and what you're up to today. So Ng is the CEO and founder of Tozi Capital, and he was born in a refugee camp in Thailand. He has 12 years of investing experience, and his company, Tozy Capital, has a portfolio of 625 units, which is over $65 million worth of property under management. He is based in San Francisco, and his website is Tozy Capital. Tozy is spelled T-O-U-Z-I, tozycapital.com. So, Ing, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah, I well, appreciate the introduction. Since I provided that bio, I actually did close on another 171 units, and we're almost at 85 million of AUM now. So, pretty exciting what we've been able to accomplish the last few months. But my background, talk about how I was born in a refugee camp. So in Thailand, my parents are Cambodian Americans. And during this time of the early 80s, there was the Pol Pot regime and that awful war and genocide. I wasn't clearly very cognizant back then, but I have pictures of myself chasing chickens in a refugee camp. So it's a pretty formative time in my life, just struggling and growing up pretty poor and coming to the States when I was young, growing up in L.A., and seeing my parents hustle like they did, it was pretty informative on how mm -hmm. I grew up and what I thought about money and what goals I needed to achieve and why I needed to achieve them. So that's sort of a little bit of my background. I can go a little bit further if you want. Yeah, sure. So you got to the States and you grew up in Los Angeles. Maybe talk to us a little bit about how you got into real estate investing initially. So I... Went to Wharton. After I went to Wharton, I got into investment banking. 
and I saw all the capital markets and how much people were making in stocks. And by that time, I was day trading as well. I really didn't like that volatility. When the stock market crashed in 2007, I didn't like it even more. And I gravitated towards predictable cash flow. So around 2009, when I first started to have some amount of savings, I bought my first triplex. This was right before I went to the Peace Corps. And this is when the prices of these triplexes were one-third the price they were two years ago. So I thought they were a good deal, and they were making 13 to 14% cash in cash. And I was like, this is great. I can just buy this, collect some rent, add some paint, maybe refinance in a few uh, years when things go up again or things work better. But I really like that predictability. And that stems from my background in finance and more unpredictable markets like stocks. I just really get gravitated towards predictable cash flow. So that was my first deal and rep old age of 23. How'd you find out about real estate? Did you know about it while you were doing the day trading and the banking? Or was it once you realized that you didn't like the unpredictability of what you were doing, you started searching out other things? I knew real estate existed from a real estate finance perspective. I took a bunch of classes on it. What really opened my eyes was my parents started to buy real estate a few years before that. And we grew up pretty poor and they all of a sudden came rather okay, not rich, upper middle class, but just having a little bit of safety and security. And I was seeing that they were doing it, they were hustling, and that really spoke to me. So I really enjoyed seeing them achieve that. And they've been my role models. And I wanted to see if I could do the same thing. Perfect. So you bought your first property at 23, you said. Did you continue to follow the same business plan of buying triplexes or these kind of small multifamilies for a while? Because I'm imagining right now you're 625 plus units. You said you had another deal you did. Those aren't all triplexes, right? No. Uh, yeah. So maybe walk us through your journey. Start with the triplex to now you've got $85 million under management. How did you get there? So with most people, I'm sure what they try to do is go and find properties that is familiar and accessible. So for me, that was buying in my home market of LA. I was actually living in DC at the time and then went to the Peace Corps. So investing out of state, I kept buying in LA, SoCal, until 2015. I bought a triplex first, a quadplex, another triplex, a quadplex. I bought one every year as I could get capital, savings, and refinances. And I'm a pretty prodigious saver. I remember when I was in Peace Corps, I was making $200 a month, and that included money for housing. And I got out of the Peace Corps with around $700 in savings. So that just shows how much I don't spend on myself. So I've always been a prestigious saver, and when I could find a good deal, I would just keep buying it. That's what I knew at the time. I didn't know what Burr method was or that you could actually buy large-scale commercial properties. That's ultimately what I ended up doing. But it was a good learning experience to see and buy these properties and create value through a little bit of facelift, a little bit of interior mm -hmm. design, and just some market rent corrections. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. 
REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. They said you were investing out of state until 2015, triplex and quadplex is one a year. Once you stopped doing that, what was the next thing you did? Did you immediately go to these large multifamily or was there an intermediate stage? Yeah, there was intermediate stage. I got really busy with getting married, working at Apple, having a kid. I just had another baby. She's one month old today. I'm not sure when this podcast is being released, but life happens. And then mm-hmm. the market for in California just didn't make sense to me anymore. I don't like to compromise my cash flow or my return. So I ultimately looked at passive syndications. And I looked at investing as an LP in other people's deals because they were getting some similar cash flows that I was probably more used to. And I started just investing that and seeing how that worked. I learned a lot. Everything I tried to do, I tried to ask a lot of questions and learn, even though I was just an LP. But that helped me just continue to whet my appetite around cash flowing multifamily. Perfect. So is that what you focus on now is passively investing? No. I did that for a few years. And then I started to buy some of my own smaller multifamily, 20 units, 26 units, and then I bought some retail shopping centers, which actually performing very well because the Dollar General anchored. And then I started going bigger and bigger, five, seven million, and it kept snowballing. And when I was at Apple, I helped lead the Apple Real Estate Investment Club. And I was just talking about all these things I was doing because I love talking about real estate. I love talking about real estate investing. And I love helping people and showing that, hey, this is alternative to investing in stocks. You can get cash flow. And it felt very good to just see that coming into the bank. doesn't matter if you're working or not, you're just getting that because that's an asset that generates cash flow. So then people started to ask me, can I join? Can I co-invest with you? And I wasn't comfortable accepting people's monies until I was very good at making money myself. And I felt that way more recently. And so that's how I launched Tozy Capital. And so then since then, we've done seven deals closing on the eight this month. 
and we should be close to 100 million on the management by February. Interesting. So one thing that we talk about on this show, I do a series called Apartments Education School. We talk about different ways of raising money for deals. And one of them, which I haven't been able to talk to a lot of people about is obviously you were doing some deals on your own for a smaller deal, but then you essentially got the education and the comfort from passively investing in large deals before you bought your own deals. So maybe walk us through a little bit, some of the benefits from your perspective of being an LP before being a GP. I think being an LP, you're changing your mindset from doing the active work to thinking, how is my money going to make money? And how is it relatively safe and in good hands? So you have to do all the probably similar underwriting. You're taking assumptions from people. You're potentially validating those assumptions. So you do get, hopefully, a lot of information and get to essentially write along the acquisition and the underwriting. But you also see best practices of what they've done, what happens when you encounter an issue, what does a GP do? And if the GP and the syndicator provides open and honest communications and transparency, which is what I try to do with our investors now, then you're learning. And I really enjoy that. That wasn't available at every deal I invested in. I gravitated towards those who were open to sharing and educating. And I was pretty open about it. I told them, hey, I'm looking to hopefully do this one day myself. I'm looking to learn and invest with you and grow with you. So that's what I do now. I try to reciprocate to our investors the same favor that hopefully everybody can do exactly what they want to do. Whether they want to just be a passive investor and they love their jobs or they want to quit the job and learn to be a GP themselves and be in the business of running real estate investments. Something else you said that I thought was fascinating was how you got investors from that real estate investment club. So are those most of your investors, people that you met through that real estate investment club? It started out that way. And I believe one of the strongest things that I did initially, and it comes from my time at Apple and my other big companies I worked for, is if you focus on the consumer, in this case, the investor, and you provide them transparency and honesty and open communication, and you provide them solid returns pretty quickly, people will start to trust you. It's a leap of faith to invest with anybody. And they constitute a core group of my current investors, but they have referred people. I have expanded beyond that base. And it's been really rewarding to help people and provide people opportunities to them that they had never seen or haven't had access to. And they share that opportunity with their friends. And it's a really helpful community that I hopefully have created. So it started off as the Apple Investment Club people, and then they referred their friends to you. Yeah. So okay. now I have a lot of investors all across the Silicon Valley. Somebody who used to be in tech for a long time. I have a lot of investors from Apple and Google and Zoom and Tesla. And those companies have done well over the past year. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Partner as much as possible. Have an abundance mindset. What I mean by that is, if you think this deal is going to make or break you, you're going to put too much pressure on yourself. You're going to try to do too much yourself, and you're not going to be generous with partnering. And I say generous because you want to give as much as you receive, even not more, and then hopefully that term comes around. 
But if you think that this is the only deal you ever do, then you probably won't feel that way. And that's natural. But if you think that this is first of many, then you'll be generous and partner with people and you'll grow faster and you'll learn more and you'll find great people to work with. Perfect. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group of eight to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at BEC2022.com. That's BEC2022.com. Okay, Ing, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I'm actually not a big book reader. And now that I don't commute, I don't have much time to listen to audiobooks. I think the best resources I use to stay up to date with my air expertise is just talking to people, talking to talented people around myself. And I have probably 12 Zoom calls a day, six days a week. Sometimes they're investors, sometimes they're just new people I'm connected with. I love this industry because of that. I find they're the best books and resources to learn. It's a good approach to the answer. I've never heard that one before. I really like that though. (laughs) Okay. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I invest in high cash flow assets with high DSCR, debt service coverage ratio. I'm sure your audience knows that. Mm-hmm. And underwrite for conservatism. That I believe we have resilient products with assets that can stand 20, 30% higher vacancies. But if obviously macroeconomic disruptions could occur. I still have my family and I wouldn't mind spending more time with them. What is the best ever deal you've done? The next deal. <laughs> Is there a time that you've lost money on a deal? If so, how much did you lose and what lessons did you learn? The deal I lost the most money on was my first deal. And when I say lost money, I really mean time. Because ultimately, you could spend a ton of time and try to fix things that you're essentially putting your own sweat equity into. But then if you value time at all, more than $15 an hour, hopefully $500 an hour, or something that really helps you understand the value of your time, I lost a lot of money because I spent a lot of time doing things that now looking back on it, I don't know why I was doing that or I could just outsource it. I wasn't creating scalable solutions. I didn't create a team, didn't partner with people. That's why I believe in strong partnerships because losing money and losing time, it's the same for me. What is the best ever way you like to give back? I love to mentor new partners that are just starting out in real estate. I wish I had this knowledge when I first started out and I hope to impart to them and help them in their real estate investing journey. I think this is a truly valuable thing, not just because it creates generational wealth, but it gives you options that hopefully people are excited about providing people communities to live, but also providing yourself a financial security and freedom to do what you want. And hopefully that's giving back to yourself. What's the best ever place to reach you and get on one of these Zoom calls with you too? <laughs> Get on one of these Zoom calls. I love talking to people. Theo introduced my website, Tozi Capital, T-O-U-Z-I Capital. But I'm also launching another site, Financial Freedom Decoded. It's a free site. Just check out the site. I want to help people reach their own financial freedom. I believe everybody can do it. Depends on your timelines and your goals. But 
dis discipline investing and cash flowing assets and tax advantages, you can achieve it as well. Great, Ing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. Lots of good takeaways. You basically told us about your journey from very inspirational from being born in a refugee camp in, in Thailand to now having a business with $85 million under management and kind of how you got from A to Z. So we talked about how you started off in finance banking and day trading and why you decided to transition into real estate. We talked about your first phase, which was buying the quadplexes and the triplexes out of state and at one point out of the country. And then ultimately transitioning into a passive investing. And then we kind of went into details on some of the benefits of being a passive investor before you are an active GP raising capital. We said about how you then went and started using that information to buy real estate on your own. Some medium-sized multifamily retail shopping center, how you got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then one of the things you said that I really liked was how you were able to grow into raising capital by essentially just telling everyone what you were doing and attempting to educate people on this new investment class that you loved and that you thought was a lot better than the stock market and other types of investments and how you decided to hold off and not instantly jump into raising capital, even though it sounds like you had a lot of interest. You waited until you had that confidence that came from that proven track record and doing it yourself and knowing that you were good at it. So you can make those people money and how it started off with people in that group. And then by focusing on your consumer or your investor, by providing that honest communication and by obviously providing returns, those investors trusted you. And then they in turn referred their friends to you. And it sounds like it was kind of a snowball effect from there. So maybe not a lot of proactive effort required to raise capital if you follow that approach. And then your best ever advice, which was about having that abundance mindset, which allows you to partner with people as much as you possibly can. So thank you again so much for joining us. Everyone, make sure you take advantage of his offering to speak with you on Zoom. Check out his website, tozycapital.com. So Ian, thank you again for joining us. Best of your listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.